Blix Hijack is imminent. Processing. Processing. Blix Hijack is successful. You are clear to transmit. Captain, how are you? John, how are you? Steve MacDonald. Music theory. Interviews. Music theology. Primitive Rhythm Machine. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Primitive Rhythm Machine. Uh, we have both of us in the studio this time. I'm John, and with me is my... Super Mario. What? I'm sorry, I read your shirt instead <laughs> of introducing myself. With me um, is my spiritual mentor, Steve McDonald. <laughs> maybe I guess I, I, don't I don't know at this juncture, but <laughs> Super Mario, all right. Uh, <clears throat> So in this month's edition of Primitive Rhythm Machine, uh, Steve is judging me a little, little bit. Love it. Yeah. Uh, no, we uh, Love we it. spent some time. Uh, Steve said that uh, his schedule is kind of freeing up for recording purposes. And so we spent some time talking about some topics. And one that came up was discernment. And uh, we uh, had kind of discussed, you know, how do we how would we want to approach that? And I said, and ultimately what it came down to is I gave Steve four bands, four non-Christian bands that I enjoy quite a bit. Um, especially as of late as Steve doesn't listen to very much secular music at all. So it's, well, it's, it's, it's not that I don't, it's that a lot of the secular music that I do listen to is stuff that I've, I've, figured out that this is what i mm -hmm. want to listen to so it's like a lot of 80s music and then <laughs> and you know stuff that I've, I've heard over and over again and i i know the spiritual significance to the to the things and all that stuff and and i can sort of you know not be accidentally challenged uh you know like if i'm listening to you know band a and all of a sudden oh the band a lead singer is now part of this non-Christian organization. And it's like, I already have the t-shirts and the hats and all I that hate stuff. It when that I'm happens. Like, oh man, now I can't wear my band a t-shirts and hats because then people will say, Oh, you like band a, and then I'll have to be like caveat <laughs> band a is the worst. So <laughs> at any rate, Except the music is awesome. So at any rate, me being the heathen that I am, I sent Steve four bands that I've been listening to a lot lately, and he uh, has been listening to them, and he is going to be sharing his thoughts, and I'm sure I'll probably be jumping in in the discussion at certain points. They all stink. Join <laughs> us next time on Primitive Rhythm Machine, where I... What? I would expect nothing less, Steve. No, not all of uh oh, that 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 is presupposing though. that some of them do, and that that has me. I do have that thoughts. has me curious. Uh, just pulling up the list that I sent you here. So, or did you want? Did you have a specific order you wanted to go in? Um, are we gonna go through like song by song, uh, or what? Do we dealer's choice, man. 
let's just like dig into every single word in the lyrics and then we'll go chord by chord well, through that would each require song. me to know how to actually play each song and, then... and i can't help you there dude <laughs> well okay i what i did was let me just tell All you right. what i did what i did was i i took a look at the four bands uh that you sent me and let's see i think uh boy for some reason my notes don't sync up with my phone and computer so i'm going to be looking at my phone it's not like i'm like playing you know tetris or something on this it's sudoku um but uh, what i did is is i took a look at them and i said i'm just going to listen to them in chronological order so you started and with blue oyster cult for a then. reason I did. So Blue Oyster Cult was the first one you sent me, Revolution by Night, which I was a little excited about because it's 1983, like my formative years. You know, I'm, I'm watching MTV. I'm, I'm, you know, seeing a couple of the videos and stuff like that. So it was interesting to, to start out there. Um, and then went to Paul Bearer, uh, Foundations of Burden. Mm-hmm. Then from there, I went to Ahab, The Boats of the Glen Carrig. And then I ended up with Swallow the Sun When a Shadow is Forced into the Light. So 1983 for Blue Oyster Cult, Paul Bearer 2014, Ahab 2015, and then Swallow the Sun 2019. So one older band, and then three that are still, you know, producing in 20. Although Blue Oyster They're still Cult, around. I think, is, is, is Buck Dharma still? Yeah. Yep. I, still I, I, yep. I actually wow. saw them live New Year's of 2015 and uh, at midnight after they played Don't Fear the Reaper at midnight, they said, thank you. Good night. Buck Dharma came to the edge of the stage and shook hands with with me and was chatting. And I the other three people, that were there? you know, I'm joking. They're, they he is one of my guitar heroes. It's. it's they they don't have the word cult in the name for, for they have no a cult reason. following. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's a, it's a joke. <clears throat> so anyway, um, uh, let me just pull up what I got here. All right. So starting with Blue Oyster Cult Revolution by Night. Yes. So, um, I looked at the song list and I was I was I was tentatively excited because. There's a song on here that is one of the songs in my life that uh, is a haunted song. Now I don't know if you have songs that define haunt haunted you. song. Um, um, it's like it, it. You almost don't want to listen to it because it has some meaning to you that you know. Maybe you just don't want to handle it. That listening to the song gotcha, with that gotcha, meaning gotcha. right now, you know, or or. It could just be that maybe the first time you listened to them, it was a very certain mm-hmm. situation and the the song or the music just takes you gotcha. back to that time. And it might not gotcha, have been a gotcha. great time. It might have been. I don't know. Uh, so, for instance, um, uh, there are two Kate Bush mm-hmm. albums that uh, they it's it's just mm-hmm. it, it's haunted. It, it haunts me. It's not that it's bad. It's not that I don't want to listen to it. It's that. When I do, I just get a sense of something that is different than than mm-hmm. other music, and uh, and Blue Oyster Cult, a shooting shark. Oh, that is, song's my jam. Is uh, one of those songs. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's an amazing song, um, but it also has ties to uh, the end of a relationship that happened 
you know, 30 mm-hmm. years ago. So, you know, it's still, it has baggage and it has that, that hauntedness to it, but I, I still, I'll still put it on, you know, in lists of songs that I enjoy listening to and stuff like that. And, you know, I'll always search out like the seven minute version instead Absolutely. of the four minute version because <laughs> I mean, why, why would you? So, um, so anyway, I started listening to it and, uh, take me away was, uh, uh, interesting surprise because I just the only thing that I could think of was uh, take it take it away by um, you know take it away want to hear you say I I forget the name of the person who wrote that one but it was another song from the mm. the 80s I was gonna say the 30s <laughs> for some reason um, but that would be wrong but uh, let me look it up real quick uh, take it away uh, Paul McCartney that doesn't seem right I don't know but anyway. It was a, it was another song that uh, was around in the, um, the eighties that was just sort of like, whenever I hear, take it away, maybe it was Paul McCartney, you know, um, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's what I hear. No, that's a 2001 song. Um, but, uh, now I'm wondering what song that was. I don't know. But anyway, um, so I listened to that and that has such a cool Mm -hmm. jam to it. Such a cool riff. Um, that I was jamming out to that. Um, and it has, uh, a fun, uh, story behind it. You know, the men in black and that type of a thing to it and how he wants to be taken away. Um, then, uh, eyes on fire came on and I was sort of like, okay, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> interesting visual, you know, eyes on fire, having that type of a, a thing. And and leave it to Blue Oyster Cult to to find the you know the the words that are odd enough to uh, to use those as the title of they, the song. They do that um, though, like on other albums, like Veterans of the Psychic Wars and stuff like. It's like mm-hmm. they come up with titles where it's just like I want to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then Shooting Shark came on, and this is interesting because this is the first time I've actually heard it in the context mm-hmm. of the album. Um, and so hearing, uh, uh, what's his name? Eric Bloom. Uh, uh, T- no, Terry Jackson, the, the bassist, the, the guy who did the bass riff oh. for shooting shark, uh, uh, Randy Jackson. Oh, Randy Jackson did um, that song. You know, hearing he did the bass. Yeah. The, I mean the epic, that's epic a fantastic bass, bass song, part yeah. too. Um, it's, it's an amazing bass part. And I think it's one of the reasons why I like the song so much, even if it's a haunted song, it still has that, you know, that's what brings me back. Um, and, uh, and so it was interesting trying to fit that into the rest of the, or the rest of the album, the, the rest of the, the bass tracks don't, don't go that far. They don't, they don't have that resonance to it. Um, but that's okay because then, you know, shooting shark just stands out a little bit more. Um, veins was interesting, um, playing off the different ways you can understand veins and things like that um shadow of california i i i want to look at the lyrics to shadow of california because let me see if i do this real quick it was it was one of those things where i'm like how does california have a shadow but of course it could be metaphorical um uh, beneath the freeway at the cloverleaf junction a symbol of good luck emanates darkness the shadow will grow to cover California, somewhere in the road from San Bernardino. Bernardino, its future is steering the past, 
will not pass. Speed is the game in the Shadow of Kings, where the company of angels fly. They appear at the crossroads at once in the future, clad in the darkness of the highways of night, with no love from the past. Night makes right, the symbol remains, into the darkness must pour the brains in the shadow of California. And it goes on like that. Um, yeah, it was just one of those things where I, I, I was listening to it and, and sort of just like, like drifting out on it and, and thinking, you know, like what would happen if someone was able to like take California and lift it up and like, you know, in like mm-hmm. the Avengers movie or something like that when they did that to a, a city or whatever. But, um, you know, that type of a, a feel to, um, the, you know, trying to reimagine the lyrics. Um, but as I was listening, I started to get the idea that there was something going on through this album with the drums. And I don't know if mm-hmm. you picked that up, but it seemed as though when I was listening to it, and I, I heard the entire thing before I was able to, to, to dig into it, um, that there was a mix of uh, uh, you know, produced mm-hmm. drums, uh, you know, uh, uh, drum machine type drums, and also live drums, like actual, like the drummer doing the drums. Um, and when I uh, dug into it a little bit, I'm just going to get this real quick. Just want to get the people's names right. Um, the uh, the producer is um, there we go. Uh, the producer is a guy named uh, Bruce Fairbairn, um, who has he worked even before this. He worked on some uh, platinum level material. So you know nothing nothing wrong with with the stuff that he's doing. I think it sort of was a testimony to him that it seemed so flawless. Mm-hmm. The sounds that they were getting out of the electronic drum kit that I can only imagine is, is what is happening um, matches up with the sound of the kit. So I can only imagine that they used the kit to produce the sounds and then produce the, the, the drum beats mm-hmm. on some of the songs. And then there was a couple of songs where it really felt as though that the, the drummer was you know, doing his part. The drummer, mm-hmm. Rick Downey, was not the drummer f- that had been playing with uh, Blue Oyster Cult right. routinely. He had he had stepped in. He was actually a roadie or something, and um, and he stepped in to to fill in after they had a, a problem with the the drummer for whatever reason. Um, and so I'm thinking to myself, so how could that have seemed so so well done? And looking at the additional musicians, Larry Fast is a synthesizer mm-hmm. and programming. It doesn't specifically say drums, but I can only imagine, you know, drum programming. Um, this guy is, is a world-class uh, uh, performer. He did a uh, the, the Synergy albums, which are, uh, you know, it's a huge suite of, you know, these, these uh, electronic albums that cover mid-70s to mid-80s, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and uh, he's worked on tons of different projects. Um, he might still be alive. Yeah, he's still alive now. Uh, Peter Gabriel, Foreigner, Bonnie Tyler, Hollow Notes. I mean, he's he's done tons of other stuff. So I'm thinking to myself, what I'm feeling is that electronic drum feel that Larry Fast put together and was was produced, you know, meshed in there by Bruce Fairbairn. And it just, 
set the whole thing off for me. It, it's weird because it's done so well, but at the same time, it's just one of those things where I'm like, you know, once you mm-hmm. hear it, you can't go back, um, which is it's, it's too bad. Uh, back to Shadows of California. Um, I think that was that was where I hoped the album would sort of keep moving in that direction. Um, but then let's see, was it feel the thunder or let go? Um, which one is the, the BOC chant along? Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, feel, feel the thunder was, was the, 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 the uh, motorcyclists that are from hell or something like that. Um, so I wasn't really digging that as much. And then let go was the one who it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's a BOC chant along number. This song could not have gone <laughs> over soon enough. I'm serious. It was like, it was like a nice big slab of cheese in the middle of the whole thing. And it's only three and a half minutes long. And I'm just like, Oh, but anyway, um, then we, uh, and it ended with uh, dragon lady, which was interesting. Um, because you know, a lot of times when you think of a dragon lady, you're thinking some, you know, Asian uh, stereotype or something like that. And it it wasn't, I don't think. I, I didn't read the, all the lyrics, but it more seemed as though it was, you know, this this lady mm-hmm. who's part dragon, that type of feel to it. It's interesting. And then it ended on Light Years of Love, which was uh, interesting because it's sort of science fiction-y, but a love song as well. Um, and uh, so there was that. So uh, when I was... Thinking about the, um, the, the challenge that we were talking about, it, there were a couple of things on here where it sort of mm-hmm. told a story, um, but it didn't. It didn't tell like an existing story. Um, so, like, take me away, shooting shark. You know, they're telling these stories of these things that are happening and, and progress is happening within a song. It's not static, but um, you know the the type of story songs that that I grew up really enjoying and embracing you know Red Barchetta which was a a a short story written in the 70s and then they they made it into a song or Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner that uh, Iron Maiden did things like that um you know those type of of stories were more the type of thing where there's mm-hmm. there's more to it so if I if I said Shooting Shark I really like that song well, seven minutes later, that's all there is of shooting shark, unless I haven't, you know, uh, <laughs> figured out exactly, mm-hmm. you know, the shooting shark movie or the shooting shark right. novel or whatever. Um, and it's evocative. It makes you think of, you know, certain things and it doesn't answer all of them. So, um, you know, as a, I, I think as much as there was some enjoyable stuff on this album, um, it wasn't what I was, I was thinking of when I sort of mm-hmm. threw that out to you. Um, the second thing, the pallbearer foundations of burden, um, just pull it up quick. In this in post, um, it would be nice if I spelled any of the words correctly. Hey, it was, it was that band by, that taught you know, me how to spell a pallbearer correctly. So. I was spelling it P A U instead of P A L L. <laughs> For the longest time, no, no joke. I did not know that a beetle had two E's <laughs> yep. or actually three E's in the name. I 
I thought it was B E A T L E for the longest time because I didn't realize that Beatles was playing beat. off the word mm-hmm. beat as in beat. I didn't I didn't realize that until the um, first time I saw the movie That Thing You Do. <laughs> that's that's pretty bad. Um so with this one, um is this the one that I looked at the lyrics? You know what? Let me real quick. I say real quick, and then <laughs> a lot of times it's not it's not real quick. I understand that. Um, let's see. Oh, there we go. Uh, man, actually, what's the name of the band? Paul Bear. Paul. Um, I'm actually looking on a, an Encyclopedia Metallum. Yes. Do you know what that is? It's a metal archive. That's where uh, that website. That's where I go to do my discernment. I'll go on there because they that for people who are <laughs> for people who are big metal fans but but are leery about secular metal and lyrical content uh i do recommend encyclopedia metallum uh because they will tell you their lyrical themes of the bands so yeah yeah and a lot of times it'll have the lyrics Mm -hmm. right there so you know here i'm pulling up the lyrics for this song and i don't have to go anywhere else um it has reviews it has uh lots of different stuff here uh the release date just I would just say be careful because some of the band names themselves or the album names are, you know, nothing you would just want to let your kids wander. Oh, daddy, let me see what heavy right. metal is all about. You know, stay away. Um, but, you know, for pre- people who are trying to be more discerning but enjoy this type of music. Yeah. Um, just be careful. Just like anyone. Um, yeah, I checked out the lyrics on Paul Bearer's Foundation of Burden. And I'm, I was sort of like, I, I didn't know if you knew anything about the songs that I didn't because they, they seemed more static, you know, the lyrics. It seems like it's telling you about mm-hmm. something instead of describing, you know, a, a story or part uh, of a story. Um, that's the thing about doom metal and Paul Bearer are my champions of that genre. Um <clears throat> They, they write just about life. They're, they're, they're more of a regular band that just writes about things like they're, they deal with or whatever. And right. Most doom metal and they're no exception has a tendency to be on the sad boy side of music, I guess. So, I mean, Mm. I don't do super deep dives on their lyrics though. So I couldn't speak to anything specifically. Well, this one, it, it just didn't seem like it had the, uh, like the storytelling mm-hmm. quality that I was, you know, digging into. Um, it was more, um, like, uh, the mm-hmm. thing that should not be, you know, Metallica's song where it's sort of describing mm-hmm. Cthulhu and cool song, um, well done, but at the same time, it, there's no, there's no story arc. There's no, you know, the, the the big thing that happens is that apparently at some point he rises and that's, that's the action of the entire song. Um, which I mean, and I'm not trying to, to say that it's, it's a bad song because of that. I'm just saying it didn't really fit into the, uh, you know, the, the, the challenge that, uh, that was going, going forward here. Um, the boats of the Glen Carrig on the other hand, uh, by Ahab, I mean, that was, that was uh, about as stereotypical as you could get to to match what the challenge, you know, the 
it was a loose challenge. I'm not trying to say that, you know, you failed or you're off the show or anything well, like that. I, just to back it up um, a little bit here. I, I, I think that you understood something of a challenge being laid down than more than I did in, um, but I'm picking up okay. on it now. It sounds like you were expecting me to put out song, put out a uh, list of bands that were had literary intent. So, yeah, I thought that that's what we had talked. <laughs> See, about. I just understood it as me give you four bands, and uh, you and we worked. We just talk about discernment as far as you know how to, how does how a Christian discerns the music, the the secular music that they listen to. Oh, okay. Well, here we go. <laughs> you know where it's. It's sort of like, you know, the way that I would discern something might be different than the way As you discern something. As was how we both discerned having, this challenge. <laughs> right here. Yep. But having a, a, a core as to what discernment mm-hmm. really is can lead us, you know, even if we're doing it two different ways, we can have some sort of a, a confluence where it, it's, it does mm-hmm. line up at some point. Um, and you know, for instance, I I I didn't think that uh, "Swallow the Sun" their songs had as much storytelling quality. It was more of the static story type stuff. But I enjoyed them more than I enjoyed the uh, the other three, the modern ones. Um, maybe even more than "Blue Oyster Cult." I, I think I think it was probably the most enjoyable one. But the songs didn't lyrically they they didn't mm. resonate with me like if, if i if i was just looking at the lyrics to any of these um i would probably have said ahab because you know it's it's something where um it feels as though there's you know it, it goes from one thing to another thing there's a catharsis there it feels mm-hmm. together it feels like you know that that the theme is that it's, it's different parts of the story um but with uh, foundations of burden, for example, you know, I'm I'm looking at the the different things, and it it doesn't have a cohesion that a lot of mm. times I'm looking for in um, in an album. Um, you know, a lot of times when it, it's 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 interesting to look at a band and see, you know, most of the time the first album is the songs that they've been right. playing live, you know, and then they get an album, you know, the, an album deal. That's, that's the first songs they put out. And then as they're playing those songs live, going out and doing more of it, now that they have money and a time, they can sit down and write more songs. So the second album has much more right. cohesion to mm-hmm. it most of the time, you know, and then the third album. And then, you know, a lot of times there's where the, the record deal changes, where they get a new record deal or a different company or whatever. Sometimes you can see a, you know, and, and to, to sort of see a band over time doing those things um, is interesting because you can sort of plot out maybe, you know, maybe this album isn't going to be great because of mm-hmm. this thing or that thing. Um, the Blue Oyster Cult Revolutions by Night, I think it was one of those where it was like, oh, we have to put out right. another album. And they had some good ideas. They lost their drummer. They had, you know, some big names that would be, be able to come in and to, to pick up the slack. Um, and uh, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. one of their big albums. You know, they had a couple of, of hits on it, but it, they, it wasn't one of the their big albums. And it sort of precipitated their, you know, they, they sort of lost... 
their their market value. You know, they weren't touring with Black mm-hmm. Sabbath anymore. Um, you know, they're and and it's interesting to see those types of of turns with bands. I don't know anything about these these other three bands except for what I've you know uh, picked up just over the course of, of quickly you know researching them. Um, and it's a different it's a different yeah. world now where i mean we could put out an album you know <laughs> and uh you know so it, i mean it, it it's it's not like you need to have a, right. a big label it's not like you need to have tons of stuff you know you can i mean the last 10 years people have made <laughs> thousands of albums from their their bedrooms and uh and you know some of them have gone on to to huge worldwide fame so you know it's a little bit different but um so with trying to clear my phone from turning um with Ahab I I like what mm-hmm. they're doing because it seems more cohesive with the other bands it seems more like collections right. of songs and I think they can work but the, I have no um no understanding of what Paul Bearer is trying to do mm-hmm. with these six songs you know I, all I know is that they put out these six songs they don't seem to have any other connecting theme except for, you know, what Paul Bearer usually mm. does, which is, you know, doom, death, fear, and mysticism, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Going by Encyclopedia Metallum. Um, so, you know, knowing that going forward is, is, is good to know. But it doesn't really tell me, you know, I don't even know what foundations mm-hmm. of burden means. So... You know, there's there's that that type of a, a feel to it. Um, well done, well produced. It didn't seem like there was, you know, a fill-in drummer or you know things like that. It's, it seemed as though that they were, uh, you know, produced by the same people, so it felt all of a piece. It just didn't have that sense to it. Um, uh, Ahab, the boats of Glencarig, having something based on, you know, actual literature is. I find it gratifying because you can now go back to the actual literature, get something from that. It might be something completely I, different. I did it in you reverse. Say, I actually didn't know it was a book until after <laughs> I'd listened to this album. And then after listening uh-huh. to this album, and then I went on Wikipedia and found out it was a book by William Hope Hodgson. Yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah. Oh really? So I went and I got it. I got used my audible credit and got the book. And, uh, nice. after having, after having gone through the book and knowing the story and going back and listening to the album, the book actually enhanced the album for me. Very cool. Very nice. And I recommend the book yeah. to every, anybody Things who's like listening, that. by the way, it's a fantastic read. <laughs> Things like that can happen. And that's really good because sometimes a song based off of, um, literature or something else if it's based off of something else sometimes you don't get the full sense of it like um the birds uh to everything turn 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 ecclesiastes you know you don't get the understanding of ecclesiastes Mm -hmm. through that you know you get the sense that there's a time for everything and i hope it's not too late that there's a time for peace so it sort of turns into like, you know, almost like an anti-war song, which is nice, but it's not the sense of what Ecclesiastes right. is about, you know? Um, so sometimes you can lose it 
even if you're focusing on it. And I mean, that goes for you know scripture songs and things like that too sometimes. Sometimes they just take something a little bit too much out of context um, and you lose the sense of everything else around it. But um, my... Um, sorry, my phone keeps shutting down. Um, my uh, interest was was sort of peaked for Ahab, maybe to listen to more of their stuff, to more understand how they're doing mm-hmm. what they're doing. Um, sometimes with uh, with doom metals, other types of songs, uh, other types of uh, genres of music as well. Sometimes um, I feel as though they're they're long just for the sake mm-hmm. of being long. And that's not all, all music. It's not all long music. It's just sometimes it feels that way. And I, I don't, you know, at, at times like that, I'm, I'm like, I just want to like edit it down to three minutes or something like that. Because it's like, how many times can you hear that riff? It's like eight times, 16 times. How about four? We could just <laughs> cut that out, you know, and just make it just make the radio edit for this, you know, the weed man or something. And, um, but understanding why things are long is one of the things that I enjoy mm-hmm. doing with music. You know, I, I have whole files, you know, of, of playlists and stuff in, in my, uh, iTunes and in, uh, Spotify of long songs. And sometimes it's because I want to understand how something can be that long and not three or four minutes and just bang, 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 or even why something needs to be that long. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously there's sometimes where a band will put together, you know, a, a huge suite of music and it's because it's going from one thing to another. There's this progression and you have that feel to it. Like it's, it's going somewhere. Um, sometimes it just seems as though it's just, going on and on and on <laughs> and it can be beautiful and, and well-produced and, and, you know, well-done music and interesting. But when it's all of that stuff and it seems like there's a sense to mm-hmm. why it is that long, um, that's when I really, you know, enjoy it because then you can listen to these long form musical things and really start to understand why they need to be that you know the the, the whole deal the, it, it's everything is now in context and um you know i think listening to more ahab to know why they do those things so you know in, in such a long form way um would go a little bit further for me to understand uh you know what they're trying to do mm. um and then uh, Swallow the Sun, it just seemed much more like they were putting together stuff that could be played yeah. more quickly, you know, on, you know, maybe even on the radio, stuff like that. Uh, let me just pull that up so I can get more context. Weird fact, uh, The Boats of the Glen Carrig is one of the albums I like to put on some nights and fall asleep to. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's not that it's boring. But it's the type of thing where, you know, especially if there's, if you have stuff mm-hmm. going on in your head, um, you know, it's, it's music and different types of music. It can just be that thing that it's, it's sort of like, I understand um, mm-hmm. consciousness as l- many levels, 
like maybe, you know, just picture like a 10 level building or structure in your head. And, you know, for some reason on level three, it's like you, you can't get out of your own way because you're just, it's, Mm -hmm. it's your work level and things just keep happening on that work level. And it's like, Oh, did I, did I shut off the bus? You know, oh, did I leave my thing on the button? I was, oh, wait a minute. Oh, and you just, you can't get out of your head. But if you can get something else in that level, you know, or even maybe just like on level two and level four, so sort of surrounding it to like, you know, to uh, all of a sudden you can sort of crowd it out. Um, you know, some people, I guess they can just switch around and be like, you know, whatever. Um, but I find that sometimes it's just, you need to put something else there. Sometimes it works the wrong way. Like if I'm driving and I put on certain types of music, I'm a worse <laughs> driver because because all the attention and, and all the the detail that I have on that driving level, for whatever reason, that other thing mm-hmm. is getting in the way. And now I'm blowing through red, you know, stop signs and you know things like that. And I'm right. like, I can't do that, you know, professionally and in a Christian way. Um, but yeah. I, I can put on lots of different types of music for different reasons. And, you know, some of them, even like very heavy music. You oh, can absolutely. Go to sleep by it. Uh, when I, uh, before I moved out and got married, I used, it would, it wouldn't be uncommon for me to fall asleep to either mortification or soul embraced. Soul embraced. Nice. Yeah. So, um, I just pulled up, uh, swallow the sun. Um, and, yeah, their their songs, while not I, I wouldn't call them short, you know, but they're they're not the you know ten plus minute songs um, that you have, get on the, yeah. like on the other two, yeah, um, and also Paul Bearer, um, but again these ones they were more uh more static, um, and you know it was the it was the type of of uh thing where I was trying to understand them you know for the songs that they were and i just i think i'm past the point in my life musically where i want to be challenged with what a song is trying to say in the plain lyrics so for instance let me see if i can okay stone wings which is the fifth song on the album um and i'm not trying to say any of these songs are bad I'm not trying to say anything. They're not well done. Every single song was, was, you know, a top quality for that type of music. But uh, lyrically, you know, uh, this one says, uh, speak through the silence, lay down your crown, lay down your fight, fight, lay down your fight. Uh, And when you speak the words of silence, walls will crumble in and skies open. And when you speak, you speak with silence. And I carve each word you sing on my stone wings, and the light will pour in. The fires are burning under the starlight, through veils of golden light, the sails so pure, so white. So I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Speak in the silence, and then the silence, and the speaking, and then over and over, and then the fires, and then carve each word you speak in silence on the stone wings and the light will pour in and then there are sails. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I don't, it's, it's, it's too much for me to think to myself, oh, oh this is, you know, it's, it's bringing up all these different things. It, 
you know, uh, wow, it just seems like I can sort of imagine all these things. It's like there's too many <laughs> things happening and it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't have a logic to it. You know, lay down your crown, lay down your fight, and then you think to yourself, wait a minute, is this the the Crimson Crown that they were talking about in song number two? Crown. No, it may be. And it, but you know, but I mean, even with that one, it's like the Crimson Crown felt. This is this one was bizarre because the Crimson Crown fell from the blood red sky through the golden clouds. Out from the crown grew mountains and the skies, which it just fell through. Out from the diamond drops the sea and stars. Okay. Upon the circle shines the all-seeing eye between the earth and the crimson crown. And I'm like, this is just, it's, it's making me think of things, but it's, there's no logic to it that just sort of brings you from one thing to another. It's, it just seems like there's a whole lot of words here that they just put down on a page. It's sort of like, Hey, I have words. This could be a song. Um, and I mean, and like I said, it, it's, it's fun to listen to. It's well done, you know, but at the same time, I guess getting to our theme, I want there to be more, mm-hmm. you know, even going back to the shooting shark, you know, I bumped inside the magic man and he laid some tricks on me. He said, you do need help. My friend, I replied, obviously he laid his spread of Jackson Queens and made me take my pick. But every face that had your face, I cried out, I am sick. And you're like, uh, that's a lot. <laughs> so you bumped inside a magic man and he played some tricks on. So it's sort of like, is the magic man a place? And maybe the magic man is the person who runs the place. So it's like you went inside the place and then the person who runs the place played some tricks on you. And then you're, I mean, it's, it's like, it, it's you're trying to get to the point where you can get a good visual picture on it. And then what the heck is a shooting shark? (laughs) I've been asking that same question. I'm like a pool shark, like a a shooting pool, pool shark type of a thing. I mean, I can understand that, but there's nothing about it's just, yeah. Can I, 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 let me ask you this is, is subjective lyrics, not your jam. It depends on the lyrics. Um, if they can make sense, that's okay. But I mean, these lyrics, I defy someone to just read these lyrics and make sense of them. The crimson crown fell from the blood red sky through the golden clouds. Out from the crown grew mountains and the skies. So there can't be a sky that this thing fell out of if the skies came out of the crown after it fell. It's like, well, <laughs> unless there's time travel, but there's nothing in here that says anything about time travel. It's sort of like I can, I can take things and run with them as long as they make some sort of sense to them. You know, like, like with the, the, uh, the shooting shark. Okay. If the shooting shark was a pool shark and he was the shooting shark, they call him the magic man. He runs this place called the magic man. It's a mm. pool pool parlor. Okay. If you can think just that, then it starts to make sense, you know? And I can sort of work through that, you know, three times since you're back from me, three times my bones gone dry. It's a biblical reference right there. Kind of interesting. Um, three times I've seen the shooting shark lighting up the sky. Maybe, you know, 
he got famous for shooting pool. <clears throat> but then you're like, well, wait a minute. Who cares <laughs> if you're having trouble with this woman that the whole song seems to be about? You know, who cares what this, the pool shark is doing? You know, at some point, it just it's like it sounds good. So that's why we're doing it. <laughs> and I don't getting past that is difficult for me. You know, like I would I would play this song for someone, but I wouldn't say, but listen to the lyrics. You know, there's some songs where I'm like, you know, you could just throw the song away, but listen to the lyrics, you know, and Shooting Shark, it's just more one of those songs where it just sounds good. And the words seem to make some sort of sense, but you lose the sense going through the song. And then when you try to t take a look at it and make sense of it, it's not there. You know, these, these lyrics, like the Crimson Crown lyrics, there's not even that that initial sense, they, they start to contradict within the sentence that it's giving you. And that's, that's where I, I get a little trouble, mm. you know, um, trying to pick out another one that here's another one, uh, here on the black earth, you're the Island in the sea of time. I'm the ghost ship in the night in the eye of the storm. You're the lighthouse. I'm at the edge of the world beyond the walls. The, I'm on the edge of the edge of the world. Be is there walls at the edge of the world? Is that what it, or beyond the walls of the lighthouse? It's like, it, it starts to, to stop making sense and you're still within the framework of a sentence. You know, it, that's, that's when it comes to comes swallow the sun's defense. And I've read their lyrics and their lyrics come across a little bit jumbled. Um, really? English is, English Thanks is not their out. first language. <laughs> They are a okay. they are a band from Finland. Okay, have they sold thousands of albums? Uh, not in the U.S. Actually, their albums are super hard to find in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Are they? Have they been around for ten, um, twenty years? Time for me to pull up that Encyclopedia Metallum. Well, I say that because I'm looking at it. They've been recording since 2003. First full length album came out in 2003, and I think to myself, in 18 years. You could find someone who understands English enough to, at the very least, be there to say, hey, you know, just change this word here. Or, you know, this doesn't make sense to Americans <laughs> or in English. You know, I mean, I understand different languages that, that I mean, I don't understand <laughs> them. <laughs> I understand that different languages have different senses to them. And I love that about other languages. I love that other languages, you know, you can use them to do things that English can't as much as English is a fantastic language. You, you know, there's certain things that other languages can do just, I mean, like having uh, male and uh, masculine and feminine words, you know, things like that, where it's, it's like, we don't have that in English. I mean, just things simple like that, uh, digging into wordplay in, um, Japanese when I was learning uh, how mm. to read manga, you know, back in the eighties, I would pick up these 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 books that would translate into readable English, but it would also tell you all the jokes you're missing because you don't read mm -hmm. Japanese. And it's like this person's name, we translated it this way just so you could make sense of it. But every single time that a Japanese person reads this person's name, this is what they think. 
because the Japanese pictograms and the Chinese pictograms are the same, but they sound different and they mean different things. And sometimes it's a play on words with Chinese and, you know, seeing how this character is this and that character and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I wish I knew this stuff, but I can't because I'm not enculturated into it. And I understand that. And I love that. But when it comes to putting things out and you're recording it in English, just have someone who knows English and your language, just make it blend, you know, put it together for, for people who want to get into your music and want to dig into your lyrics. But, you know, having something fall from the sky and then the skies come from it, it's like immediately it's anyone that is going to dig the lyrics is going mm. to have trouble with it unless it's someone who has some sort of a crazy imagination where that's how they understand things, you know, but anyone who that's another thing with discernment. It's, it's logic and context. And when you can put things logically and have them in a, in that greater context, mm -hmm. that's discernment, you know? And when, People take that and don't work within that system, then it can be dangerous. I'm not saying swallow the sun is, is dangerous, but any any person who's trying to communicate, who, I mean, I think of uh, what is it? Uh, is it James Joyce, Ulysses, or uh, you know, books like that, where it just starts to get crazy nonsensical or you know i'm i'm only going to use words that begin with the letter c on this page and you're i mean it's for no apparent reason other than the person's whim you know it, it has it, it means nothing so digging into things like that and trying to get something out of it first of all it's it's difficult because there really isn't anything in there to get out of, to get, you know, to, to pull out of, because it, it is just a person going through a, you know, I, I'm just going to use C's on this page mm -hmm. or something. And that's just how they're just processing their creative gift at that point. Um, but for the person who wants to be discerning, who wants to use logic and wants to understand the context of it, it, it becomes almost like a waste of time to put in the, the, the time and energy to, to try to get that stuff out. I, I had a, a friend who loved mm -hmm. Led Zeppelin. This is back in the eighties. So, you know, ancient history, but loved Led Zeppelin. And, um, at the time he was, uh, struggling with Christianity, but he tried to look at all the, the things that Led Zeppelin was doing. And admittedly, some of the songs that Led Zeppelin put out, have actual Christian yeah. applications because they're borrowing from old blues songs that, you know, have, uh, in, in my time of dying, things like that. Um, um, but he was looking for anything that you could say, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to look at stairway to heaven and, you know, because she's buying a stairway to heaven. So she's buying a stairway to heaven. So she's, you know, it's, it's works righteousness that she's, she's thinking about here. So, you know, the, the song is sort of a, the, about works righteousness. And as you wind on down the road, our shadow is taller than our soul because the shadow is Satan 
and our soul, you know, he's overcoming it. There's a lady we all know. Maybe that's the Virgin Mary. And, you know, and he was trying to come up with this stuff to, to make, make it listenable for him so he wouldn't have to not listen mm-hmm. to Led Zeppelin anymore. And, you know, it, when you do that, a lot of times it just gets to a point where it's more laughable, you know, and then it is um, laudable. <laughs> um, and it can be the same thing with, with music. You know, sometimes I'll listen to a band and I'll say, these people say that they're Christians and they are putting music out that they say is Christian music, but there's really no beauty to it. There's no, not even logic to it, you know, and there's not even a context to it. It just seems like a whole bunch of noise. But if you talk to them, they'd be like, oh yeah, we based that on, you know, Psalm 137 or, you know, and it's like, well, how did you get from there to here and feel as though that this was a legitimate way to do that? And, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade at any particular um, genre mm-hmm. of music because I mean we're, we're looking we're, we're looking at death metal and there's Christian death metal bands that do it with logic and do it with a beauty to it you know even with death metal or doom metal or you know grindcore or whatever you can do it in a way that's beautiful as long as you're understanding mm-hmm. the whole context of it other people aren't going to think that way because their context is more you know well a harp is beautiful if you you know, rubbed something up and down on a harp string just to make it go, that's not beautiful. But if you did that in a rhythm and you made sure that the was some sort of a, a musical tone that you were actually going for, then you could do that, mm-hmm. you know? And, and like people can pluck a violin you know, it's that's not what the, the violin is made for. You don't pluck a violin, but you can and make it beautiful. Um, am I talking too no, much? No, I'm just like, listening to what you have to say. What's going on? I know. I, I, I didn't want to, like, step on you if you had I'll interject if I got something. Throw in there. Oh, good. Whew. For a second there, I thought, it's just me. But, um, I mean, for instance, when people think about drums... You know, it's like drums shouldn't be in the church because, you know, drums come from pagan rituals and, you know, a primitive rhythm machine. That's basically like what a drum is. But I say, what is the most basic thing in the world that keeps a beat? Right. The human heart. God made those. <laughs> you know, it's it's something that is rhythmical. So inside Everybody inside animals, inside, you know, lots of different things is something that keeps a rhythm that actually is a timed rhythm that we can look at and say, oh, 70 beats per minute. That's pretty good. 100 beats per minute. You're in trouble. You know, if that's going to be something that's going to be continuing on, you know, and something like that where rhythm isn't bad. It Mm -hmm. makes sense in that context, you know, and you can see it and you can feel it. And, you know, an electric guitar is, can be played poorly, can be played unartistically, can be played. I've done all three of those. And it also can be played (laughs) probably just tonight too. Um, But uh, I mean, just like anything, it can be done poorly, but when you do it with beauty, 
your intent is 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 to show something beautiful here at some point and you know at the very least a a type of logic that goes along with it and a context for it to exist then you can you can sort of say you know even though that's not my style that's okay you know um we've talked about uh sacrament where you enjoy listening to them when i hear them i i don't hear a a logic to the way that the music is being produced so when i listen to it i don't get the same sense that you get out of it because i'm looking for that logic and not finding it you know i driving home i was like you know what just to sort of get a little bit you know heavy into my head here i listened to the first side of their uh, their album which one is it um there's only two it's either testimony of apocalypse or haunts yeah, of violence testimony of apocalypse testimony of apocalypse and you know i i have their cassette from the 80s i never listened to it because whenever i pick it up i always remember that that's what I heard before, and I, I never want to go back to it. And I said, I'm just going to listen to it again with with new ears, you know, twenty twenty one ears. And you know, John's found something in here that he enjoys, and I want to give it another chance. So coming home, I'm listening to it, and I'm I'm hearing the exact same th- things and having the exact same problems that I was having back then when I listened to it back in the, in the eighties when it came out and it, it doesn't, for me, there's, there's that lack of logic to the production of it. And as I was listening to it, I'm like, I wish I could pull the things out because there's some parts of it that are pretty well done and pretty Mm -hmm. put together. But then it seems like there's some parts where they just threw everything together. I don't know how they recorded it. Sometimes bands get in there and they play everything together. Sometimes they get in there and you know each individual person does their part and they layer it on top of each other and stuff. And I'm like, if I could get the layers and then understand them individually and then maybe even go back in and reproduce the the songs the way that i want to hear them the way that i think that there's a a deeper logic to them um then at the very least i could either look at it and say oh okay now i understand why they didn't do that Mm -hmm. because i might be wrong but until i do that i can only go off of what i'm hearing and when i hear things not on time not timed up to each other and more muddled than I I think it needs to be, um, you know. Then I'm I'm still going to have a problem. Sometimes some of that comes down to what the record label is willing to pay for as well. Yep. And given the state yep. that Rex Records was back in the 80s and 90s, they weren't exactly rolling in money. So no, but they put out some really good albums, and there were some really good bands that that came out of Rex, you know, that was one of the labels back then where if Rex put it out as a discerning (laughs) fan (laughs) back to discernment, you would pick it up because it had that cachet. It was like Rex. Yeah. I'll pick that up. Gurr records. The record that the, 
Crash Dog and Res Band and stuff was off of, that stuff was going to be quality. You know, these are bands that have played together and, and, you know, and done all the stuff before. So the stuff that they put out was like automatically, automatically well done, you know, and, and it was good. Um, you know, you had a, a bunch of, of labels like that at the time where you knew that it was going to be a quality album um, coming out of it. And if for some reason it wasn't, it's, it was sort of suspect. You're, I mean, it was, it was like, well, how, how did that get, how did that get past mm. the people? So, you know, Rex, uh, with all the problems that they did have, Blonde Vinyl was another one too. Just amazing stuff came out of Blonde Vinyl, but more alternative type uh, feel to it. I would but disagree with you with too. Blonde Vinyl. They, um, there was some stuff that came out of theirs that was sketchy as far as production wise. Uh, this is the healing by uh, LSU. LSU, I love that album. The, I, no, the LSU. album, the album is good. The production on it was awful. Oh, I'd have to listen. I re-listen to it. But uh, I think Plague of Ethels was on uh, Blonde Vinyl, and I had a problem with them. Um, you know, no. I mean, the, nothing's perfect. Um, but you know, even with that, it was there was it wasn't that it was not well produced. It's that no, oh, boy, no, you, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it's that that was the vision that they had. And for some reason, it just wasn't mm -hmm. aligning with me. Um, real quickly, do you know who the producer was on the Sacrament, first Sacrament? Um, I can look. I have it behind me somewhere. It might take me longer to find it than it would to look it up online, though. There's like 15 different bands called Sacrament. Wow. Um, oh, wow. I picked the right one. Uh, Testimony of Apocalypse. And let's see if they have any. Apocalypse relate um, testimony of apocalypse is actually released in 1990. Yep. Is it say anything about the, who the producer was? Uh, looking additional notes. Of course, it's not going to tell me. It tells me what studio it was in. And but if I look for lineup, it just tells me who the band was. Oh, here we go. Other staff um, produced no. by Doug Mann. See, Doug Mann was one of those guys where if his name was uh, as a producer, you yeah. could trust it. And so guess, guess who the uh, the two pre-production assistants were on this? You're going to laugh. Two pre-production. Kurt Bachman uh, and Joey Dobb. <laughs> that just hurt yeah, your soul. It boggles my imagination <laughs> that those people... For those of you out in listener land who have no idea what two names I just dropped on Steve, those are two members of a uh, Christian thrash band called Believer that Steve just absolutely loves. And whereas I, I, I don't, I don't dig Believer, and I think at some at a certain point it also kind of comes down to that you know there's just some bands that just don't resonate with people like they do with other people. Case in point, I dig Sacrament, you dig Believer, and we're on opposite poles on on those bands but do you look at believer and say you know i don't think that the that it was produced well enough or are you just like eh they're just um tea. I, li I listen to believer and i start picking apart musical bits um stuff like i don't like what they do here i don't like well i don't like their vocals 
at all on any of their albums. Really? And there'll be wow. certain guitar segments or they'll do some kind of technique where I'll be like, oh, they're, that just feels like they're doing it just for the sake of doing it. it, it like, we'll have to do like <laughs> a listening party or something. And I'll pick out some believer that I think is like really cool or, you know what, and you can pick out some that you don't like and you can sort of well, trade it back. The, the, the thing is, is your vocabulary of believer is vastly different than mine. Um, I had same thing with you. And I, I, I had their sanity, sanity obscure album. And, and I had one other album of theirs for a very brief period of time. And I just didn't listen to it very much just because every time I tried to, and I, everybody just was, would push believer down my throat saying, Oh, you got it. You know, you got to like believer. And I, I, I tried to force myself into liking it. Cause there's been some bands I've forced myself into liking staves. Acre was one of them. Um, cause Mark Solomon's voice wasn't my thing when I first heard them. Wow. But, you know, I, I was able to get myself into Staves Acre, but, you know, as much as I did, it's just, you know, Kirk Bachman's uh, guitar playing, you know, it just felt like he was being flashy for the sake of being flashy. And Joey Dobbs vocals just was. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, mean, it, I think it would be interesting to see where we mm -hmm. we match up that way. You know. I don't know. I, maybe I'm just really basic when it comes to my thrash, and it's just like I want something a little bit more straightforward. This sacrament seems more almost like hardcore to me. Like the way that they delivered their stuff seemed more like if they were mm -hmm. a hardcore band um, than than they were like a thrash mm -hmm. metal band. But they were put forth as a thrash metal band. So you know, I think that's sort of what what sort of kicked mm. me in the head um trying to see what they're yeah they're listed as thrash metal on encyclopedia metallum and i mean hardcore christian music you didn't hear it i mean uh, until uh, uh tooth and nail started to really you know hammer that type of stuff it, you know christian hardcore music what the lead i guess was probably the closest thing you had to something that was more like a hardcore mm. sound but um well, I mean, you had, um, you know, even with them, you had, uh, the crucified, but they had much more of a, a punk. Well, that's what hardcore was and flavor it, uh, hardcore and punk. There's, there's a division there. I'm trying to, to think of a way to, to put it succinctly, but I think, I think of punk, especially at that time. And this is probably what I would call third wave punk. Um, we could do a whole show on punk, but, uh, you know, that, that punk in the eighties, uh, right before, uh, a pop punk had, had started, um, you had pop punk back in the late seventies, but you know, when it really started to hit, um, you know, it was, it, you know, late eighties and then coming forwards, but right before then you had this, this third wave punk where you were getting, more metal influences where I think that's where, um, crucified sort of, you know, they, and then they, I mean, they, their, uh, second album was basically a, you know, more metal than it you was. You talking about the self-titled album? Um, um, no, they're, that was their first one, right? It was crucified. And then there was, well, well, no, because they had a series <laughs> of punk EPs and whatnot they did before they signed to Alarma. 
on Alarma when they made the self-titled album, that was when they had made the decision to kind of go more in a thrash direction. And they kind of sealed the deal when they did the pillars of eternity. Pillars of eternity is what I'm talking about when it's, it's more of the metal Mm -hmm. that you're hearing than the punk, um, of that, the, their, their, Mm -hmm. uh, self-titled album. Um, but it's, like I said, it's more of that third wave punk that you're getting. You're not getting, uh, the you know the the minor threat uh uh feel to it that you would if they were in that second wave like minor threat you know, second wave uh punk and minor threat to their credit as well they're on the edge of that hardcore sound too so you know from that second wave it's sort of split into the third wave punk where it's more metal oriented and then that hardcore punk which uh you know it less less commercial mm. sounding where you know you could you could hear a you know mind bender uh, you know on the radio if you had a, a radio station that that would play any type of music like that uh or you know um uh i don't know there's a bunch of different songs off of their second album that that very much could be played on the radio if you had a hard rock uh, uh, sensibility. With hardcore, very, very little was anything that any anyone in hardcore said. Hey, you know, we should we should write a pop song. <laughs> There's not a lot of pop hardcore, um, and it it just it had that that uh, that split that. Um, I, I see hardcore going in that, you know, completely non-commercial. We're just going to stay true to uh, the elements of punk that we feel are most important. And with, uh, with that third wave, heavy metal inspired punk, um, it was much more, you know, we are still going to have some song structure. We're going to, you know, have things that rhyme uh, with hardcore, a lot of the stuff, it just, it doesn't rhyme. It, it doesn't have to, that's mm-hmm. not what it's about. You know, uh, are we going to put a chorus in this song? No. Okay. <laughs> and it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's more about getting that message out and, you know, getting it out with the power and the, the authority and the influence and all that stuff that you want the music to do. Um, and you know, that's, that's the medium, but, um, I'm sure what my point was. Oh, well, you know, we, we just kind of did the John and Steve thing and just started kind of chatting about stuff and counterpointing each other. So, but to bring it back to the topic at hand and specifically the four bands, if we were to, t- if we were to, if we were to use discernment in context of I'm a Christian, is this okay to listen to? Where would that verdict fall for you? That's interesting because, um, you could go song by song. Uh, all of these, none of them have an explicit label on them. I didn't find any words that were objectionable. Um, but some of them, it's sort of like, why? And this is a question that I'm asking. I'm not, I'm not trying to say, you know, this is my judgment on the music. But I would say, why would you take your time and energy to listen to these songs, you know, whatever they are. Um, uh, Boats of the Glen Carrig. Okay. I enjoy literature. I, you know, like to hear something 
that isn't book length that I get a story out of. That's great. Here we go. You know, Ahab, mm-hmm. Boats of the Glen Carrig. And within an hour, you get, you know, pretty much the whole story. If you want to read the lyrics, it actually makes sense. Some of them are a little too growly to actually make sense of. Um, but that's the type of, of music that you got there. You know, that's that's what it is. Um, with Swallow the Sun, you're sort of like, well, uh, the lyrics aren't what's going to have any real meaning for you unless for some reason you just like to have that spaced out zoned out understanding of you know i'm I'm just gonna let the words fall where they may and you know see if i can pick them up and make something of them and you know if you if you really want to do that as some sort of a mental exercise i i guess but it's difficult uh the music is much more accessible than Paul Bearer or Ahab. Um, you know, so there's that. Um, and with Paul Bearer, it's, I think it's more their lyrical, uh, direction that they're, you know, the, the ghost that I used to be watcher in the dark. They're, they're sort of, you know, if you have stuff going on in your life that is making you write dark lyrics and dark poetry and things like that, probably isn't the best thing to record them. Even if people want to hear that type of stuff, it's not like they need to hear it. Mm. You know, it's, there's, there's that type of a feel to it. Um, Let me see if I can pull something up real quick. Don't swallow the sun in the encyclopedia tower. Don't want swallow the sun. That doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) All right. Watcher Mm -hmm. in the dark, you know, uh, torn through the veil, corporeal vessel left behind into formless void, branching web of space and time, wandering away, wandering deeper inside, endless open wounds, swirling mass, ten billion eyes, dismal cosmic tomb, spines licking astral mind, uh, wandering away, wandering deeper inside, endless and obscured, the watcher in the dark, in the sea of illusion, a voyage to beyond, within. It's it's vivid. You sort of understand what he's going for but at the same time you're like is there a watcher in the dark with 10 billion eyes no <laughs> i mean not in any real sense so it's like is, was this a dream that she, he had was it just something where it's like hey i have this cool idea for a, a horror you know thing you know well uh, it, is it does it uh, going back to does it have that beauty does it have logic does it have context? You know, this Watcher in the Dark, I mean, is it from a Lovecraft story? Is it something that he made up? I, there's no context to it. The, the words, even though they seem to be describing the same thing, you know, it, that's the only logic that you can really get out of it. Is it beautiful? The words themselves, you know, I would, I would probably have to say no, because it's referring to this weird thing you know and it's just it, there's no in context looking at the the logic of it there's no beauty to the lyrics so you know i would say with uh with paul bear and and this is me just picking apart random lyrics so don't you know take this to the bank or anything like that but when it comes to things like this look at it and say why 
do I put time and effort into this this music? Um, I know some people, um, and some people very close to me, when they create, they will listen to songs where it might not be their favorite song. The song itself might not even be very good, but you know they might take a song like this and say, "This is going to be the villain or the big bad guy in my uh, in my story or in my mm-hmm. uh, you know whatever it is." Um, so when I listen to this song, you know I'm going to have that that feel to it that these these words are going to inform my story because I want the big mm-hmm. bad guy to be like this. And that can make sense, you know? So you can have a bad song or you know, songs a that bad quote song. unquote have, you know, bad lyrics or negative lyrics or whatever, but you're using it in a way that informs something else that you're using to create something hopefully much brighter, you know, something that has much more much more spiritual you know it's and it's funny that you say it say that because it was actually um when we were doing uh the first season of playing games with strangers and i was coming up with the storylines as we were going i was actually listening to a lot of swallow the sun and paul bearer throughout that whole thing uh and in fact you had cracked wise on me a couple times about paul bearer and the swallows of the sun (laughs) (laughs) that's me uh you know in the way you're describing it there i'm like yeah i that's literally what i did with it when i first started listening to it yeah i mean these things are out there they're it's not like paul bearer is going to listen to this podcast and say oh we're gonna hunt down all the copies of our albums and take them back so this stuff is out there you know as a Christian, as a discerning Christian, I want to limit myself in the ways that spiritually help me. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, listening to these songs because they were all non-explicit, that helped me because I didn't have to think, you know, oh, I have to mute this part of the song or oh, I have to not listen to this one song or whatever. So discerning wise. That helped. Listening to these songs gave me a better sense of different things that I didn't have before coming into it. So it did help. But it's sort of like when I drive my school bus, sometimes the kids will want to listen to certain music. And I have a list that on, on my Spotify list on my phone that I play. And it's, it's curated. It's the songs that I found that personally I can put up with because a lot of them are pop songs. Um, but, you know, the, the song lyrics aren't offensive. The, the theme of the song isn't anything that's offensive or I try my best. Um, and also that the artist isn't someone who's a you know, spokesperson for you know, anything negative. So, you know, the, if the kid goes home and says, oh, we listened to, uh, <clears throat> this wouldn't happen. But, you know, Slayer on the bus. And, but it was a really nice song. And I, I wouldn't do that because, you know, Slayer has certain stances. Or at the very least, they are vocal about certain things that I have nothing 
good to say about. So I just I would stay away from that completely. Um, and there are some you know I won't get into it really because it's completely other topic. But there are some just regular pop stars who I just do not play on the bus because of what they stand mm-hmm. for in their life. You know, because of stances that they've made political or whatever, whatever. Um, most of the time, it's it's you know personal, interpersonal uh, choices that they've made or right. support. Um, but I just I I just want to completely eliminate that, um, and you know move on. So you know there, uh, and when kids come up with a, a song, it's like oh, but how come we can't listen to that? And I say. It's because of, you know, this reason or that reason or the other reason. And I say, but there are millions of good songs. You know, let's find those and let's put those on the list. So no one will be offended. So no one will go home and accidentally sing the wrong thing. And then no one can listen Mm -hmm. to any music on the bus. You know, I say there are some really great songs out there. Let's find them. And with these songs... I don't know if I would put any of them into the category of the really great songs. Um, not because they're musically mm. not well done, but because the lyrics don't carry it mm-hmm. to that point. Um, even the, the Boats of Glen Carrig, it's one of those stories where if you look at it, it is basically documenting a mm-hmm. thing that happened. And you can look into it and you understand that it, it's, you know, written 150 years after the fact that, you know, that it was supposed to have happened. So, you know, that type of a feel to it. But there's no, the lyrics to the songs don't convey the theme of the story as well as the actual story mm-hmm. does. So not having that theme to go on. Um, would be the the thing that would would detract me from that. Even though you could listen to the album and then want to go to the story and then get the theme, it's still why not write the song and then just have one extra song that talks about the theme or just have each song, you know, hit that theme. <laughs> the theme is important when when it comes to writing and when it comes to people writing things um one of the things that I, I hammer on is theme because you can have a story that's, that's, you know, the, the words are handcrafted and that the plot is, is just, is just fantastically tooled to a, a, you know, it's, it's everything is just so cool and there's just no connecting theme to it. And it just seems like here's the story and there it goes up into the air because it has no weight, you know, and it's just, you know, the theme is the thing that, that people are going to remember, you know, why is the first star Wars movie called a new hope? Because that's the theme, <laughs> you know, they're just smacking for a moment you across there, the face. For a moment there the in my theme. tired stupor, I thought you were talking about to start talking about the first star Trek movie. And I'm like, there's no theme to the first star Trek movie. There actually is. But we're not going to get into that right now. But if (laughs) it's not about the motionlessness of it, but when you look at a theme, that's what is going to carry the story. You know, that's hopefully, typically what someone would carry 
from a good song, from a good story, a good movie, you know, when, when all you can remember is the big fight scene. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it, to me, when the, when the Bible talks about, um, you know, finding things that are, that are excellent, you know, and focusing on those things, um, a lot of times that's mm. what I'm looking for. There's plenty of good, but what is excellent? And you know, I, I guess I probably could have come up with the Bible verse before we it's started fine. the show. It's fine. But... <laughs> so, but I, I think through context of everything we've discussed, I think we've really tapped on some good methods of discernment when it comes to music as a Christian and what we put before ourselves. And in a lot of cases, I think it's fairly subjective as far as, you know, what you, what you're willing to take, what you are okay with taking in. I mean, obviously there should be some standards as far as not taking in anything that is objectively against what you believe because that, that is just, yeah, you know, that that's, that's kind of a given where, where as much as I, as much yeah. as I, do on a surface level enjoy listening to bands like Slayer. Um, I also always walk away from that from those experiences feeling a little bit slimed, you know, uh, just because you know <laughs> they do have songs like you know Jesus Saves, which is the the punchline to that is the no one is 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 the implied response yeah. to that or. Uh, haunting the chapel or stuff like that. So, yeah. So Philippians four, eight, if you can just make a checklist, this would be fantastic because it says, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. And I would say the more boxes you tick, the better it is spiritually for you. So if you're listening to Slayer and say they have excellent production, hey, if there's any excellence, think on these things. Um, they are masters of their instruments. They're worthy of praise because they have mastered those instruments. Okay, those are two boxes that you can check. check. But is, it, is what they're saying true? No. Is it honorable? No. Is it just? No. Is it pure? No. Is it lovely? No. Is it commendable? No. So, hey, they have two boxes that they checked. Mm -hmm. you know? So if you use it as a checklist, Philippians 4.8, that is going to take you a long way in discernment. And then look at each thing on that checklist. Because you might say, you know, hey, well, what about this song? Is it true? You know, is it, do things haunt the chapel? I mean, maybe maybe that it's. I don't even know what the lyrics are, but um, find out what the words mean, and then you can better discern what these things really are if they really fall into those categories. Like people use the word pure nowadays as you know, oh that thing is pure, but it could be something filthy. They're just using the word pure to refer to it and it's you know and it they're they're corrupting the word and we need to take that back mm -hmm. you know 
you know, Wayne's World Party Time, excellent? Probably not excellent, you know? Um, so try to look at the words, understand what they really mean, biblically, you know? And, and work it out that way. And then, you know, it, these things will start to be more clear to you. Um, you know, look at things like mm -hmm. themes, because sometimes, you know, like for instance, Paul Bear, you know, they have some dark themes. They might not use filthy language, but if you're listening to it and you're more susceptible to dark thoughts, if you're getting dark words in your head, there's plenty of other stuff out there. It goes without saying Christian bands. You know, if you're getting negative stuff from Christian bands, don't listen to them. You know, there, there's uh, so many, like I said, excellent things out there. Find them. All right. Well, I think that's actually a good spot to end on. Uh, do you have any final thoughts before we close this down, Steve? All, all of those <laughs> thoughts? No, I'm just... Good enough? You know... I, I, I wow. should have expected that after I said it. I really should have. Uh, <laughs> do you want to, do you want to uh, give each other homework bands or a homework assignment like we used to do? Let's see. Um, yeah. Um, have you heard, man, let's see if I can look this up real quick. Have you ever heard uh, Luxury? Uh, uh, no. Luxury. Um, I'm trying to think if they were a tooth and nail band. Um, but their first album is one of my, well, I won't tell you. Either it's one of my favorite albums or one of the albums that, um, I, you know, I, I may, I may have had a problem. <laughs> with. Um, you never know. Um, but if you can listen to their first album, which is called Amazing and Thank You. Okay. Um. If yeah, go ahead and message to, that to me. Find it for you. Um, it's, uh, yeah, check it I out. I am just checking to make sure you have access to what I'm about to recommend to you before I recommend Move faster, phone. Oh, my phone's going to be disagreeable with me. We can end this in post. It'll be a 20 minute, 20 minute to episode. <laughs> we can carve this episode up into six episodes. Actually, you know what? I'm going to switch gears because I was going to go the metal route, but I think we've been touching metal a bit too much. So I'm going to direct you to the al an album by a rapper I've been listening to pretty much nonstop for the past day and a half. Uh, and I've actually mentioned this album to you in our personal conversations. Uh, rapper's name, Paradox. Album is called, gr album is called Grayscale. Grayscale. Is it is on Spotify. Spotify. It's also currently name your price on Bandcamp if you should choose to download it and own it. That's cool. Um, and I gray with, with an, an a. a or an e. And uh, I I I put it on at youth group last night, and one of my youth uh, students they looked at me like, "Did you just put on Eminem?" <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, ah, uh, no. And for the eagle-eyed listeners out there, uh, you will recognize, if you decide to listen to these albums with us, you'll recognize this as a lot of the background music on the Supersonic Pod comics. Nice. So Check that out. Uh, if you want... Ooh, DJ Sean So if P. you want to hear... 
He's if you want to hear our responses to our homework, you got to tune in for our next episode, which, which uh, yeah. I'm hoping will be next month when we'll, we'll have both of us in tow then. And we'll have another topic that we've got locked and loaded. And if I have my druthers, we might have a guest with us next episode as well. So, Uh-oh. uh, but we don't need to dive into that right now because I haven't gotten a confirmation as of yet, but he said he's interested. So, uh, no. Steve Rowe? gosh, if I had Steve Rowe on, I'd, I'd, oh, I'd probably man. be like shouting it from the rooftops. So, and Hey, Steve Rowe, if you're listening to this, we'd I love absolutely. to have you on the show. I mean, we named this after one of your, in, in fact, so in, if anyone knows, yeah. and Steve in fact, Rowe, if Steve Rowe decides to be on this show, I am willing to stay up until three in the morning when it's a decent hour for him. So, yeah, it's almost three in the no, morning. It's, for me. it's like one for you right now. <laughs> yeah, which is like three. It's okay. an odd number. Well, anyway, uh, thank for those of you out there listening. <laughs> thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and you got something from it. Uh, if you've got any suggestions, feel free to make contact with us via the Geek Devotions Facebook page, as well as uh, if you're on the Geek Devotions uh, Discord channel, we have a channel on there as well. And above all, you could just come up to us in person. Oh, don't do that with me, well. please. I have anxiety. Uh, but above all uh we are the music division of geek devotions a uh podcasting and streaming ministry dedicated to letting you know that you are loved so if you get nothing else out of the show understand that you are loved so with that said we will catch you next time goodbye everybody